an echo trailer breakdown by ourselves for the future of the MCU and the Marvel's primer, along with everything else you need to know about the universes you love right here on the direct podcast. Truth is, I am a Jedi. I'm the vengeance. And I am Iron Man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in, welcome on, welcome to another episode of the Direct Podcast. I've lost the plot with episode count. I think it's episode 63. I believe so. And checking, 63 is what checking. episode, David? 64. We're on 64. Fuck. We Last, missed it. We missed it. We missed the Jeff Saturday episode. <laughs> we did. That was like a year ago, by the way. The uh, big Jeff Saturday returned to Indianapolis. And he beat the Raiders. That's right. <laughs> which is a very interesting thing. Um, I'm here, Phantom Historian, Matt Rinke, and I'm joined by my co-host, Brandon Lantian, box office correspondent, senior editor at thedirect.com, Mr. David Thompson, who you hear right here. David, how are you? I'm doing well, man. Speaking of the Colts, go Colts, baby. Go Kenny Moore. Two pick sixes. Bryce Young stinks. Ah, it's awesome. That was a great win. Uh, I had a great time yesterday watching that game. Yeah, it was awesome. My thought is that one ugly team is going to make the AFC playoffs. Why not us? Exactly. (laughs) Why not us? You know what I mean? We're at that point. Um, It's very exciting. I'm here. David's here, but we're not alone today. We are joined in studio by a third host joining us for the entire episode. You know him, you love him, our Canadian correspondent, and another senior editor at thedirect.com, Mr. Klein Felt. Klein, what's up, man? Not a whole lot. It's been an exciting couple of days. Uh, Last we spoke, was waiting on a couple people to get up here. Jack was here. We hung out all weekend, had a lot of fun. I'm headed back to Canada tomorrow at the time of recording. It's been it's been amazing. I'm uh I see the Atlanta appeal. I really do. I like it. The only I one thing I've missed out on, I have not had a Georgia peach, but I did mm-hmm. have some was it 90 proof Florida peach or Georgia peach flavored liquor at one point in one of the evenings. So that is I'm counting that as my Georgia peach um, experiment. Yes, that's the explanation to those texts that you may have gotten or not, Matthew Rimke. But uh, here we I, are. I love, <laughs> We're alive. I love the text. Uh, peach liquor. Was it schnapps? It had to be schnapps. Right? I don't I don't know. I don't. That's the, David. the one who brought it. <laughs> no, it was just it was just like uh, it was there was like peach shooters and uh, oh, like orange shooters. Yeah, love it. Orange. Uh, from David's neck of the woods. And they are my favorite. There you go. Surprise, surprise. So Klein's going to join us for the entire episode today. We're very excited about that. Today we're going to go over all of the Marvel news that has come up over the last week. It has been a roller coaster, to say the least. Um, and then we will prime the Marvel's review that we will be having on Friday. So the Friday episode is going to be a long one. Look out for that. Because we will be, we will be reviewing both the Loki finale and season as a whole, and the Marvels all in one episode, all before I get onto a flight at noon that day. So it'll, it'll be, be it'll be a Friday for sure. <laughs> I took, took the day off work. <laughs> took the day off work to make it happen. Um, it's gonna be really exciting. Um, we're excited about it. That's all we got. Check out Friday for a double review, Loki and the Marvels. But for right now, let's dive into everything you need to know about the universes you love. That's slander. It is not. I resent that. Slander is spoken in print. It's libel. All right. Everything you need to know about the universes you love. We're going to get into everything variety here in a second. But out of nowhere, 
we have bigger news than the variety news. If you would have asked me a week ago if that was going to be the case, I would have said you were crazy. And it's nuts that we have bigger news than variety. And that big news, David, is Echo. Echo trailer release. But on top of that, we also have a variety of release formats for Echo that are brand new to the MCU and brand new to superhero streaming, really, as a whole for the Red brand. David, I want to go to you first and talk about our first topic, TVMA official for Echo. It'll be essentially television rated R. Um, I want to ask you, David, what what do you think the TVMA rating does for Echo and what maybe could we expect from Marvel Studios version of TVMA? Yeah, I'm I'm excited about this, man. TVMA, those were the ratings of the Netflix Marvel shows. So it's sticking to that tone. I think it sets up Daredevil Born Again in a big way because I imagine that's now going to be TVMA because they're setting the precedent now that they we can now do TVMA Marvel shows. So I'm excited how it'll look. I mean, based on the trailer, that one gunshot moment, pretty brutal. You know, if you're going to do TVMA, you got to lean into it. There's no point in making it a soft TVMA. There's really no point in that, especially when it's Marvel and you know I'm making it TVMA. Some of your audience is gone. You know, some of these kids aren't going to be able to watch it or not supposed to watch it. Um, it changes the, I would say it changes who you're anticipating your viewership to be. I mean, sure. in this case, it is now officially made for adults, which is very a very non-Disney thing to do, a very non-Marvel Studios thing to do. But from what I saw, I'm excited, and it seems like, ironically, similar to Daredevil looking to change its, change its tone, apparently, this is a tone shift on its own. So I'm excited about it, and I, I think it will mean definitely more TVMA in, a fu- in the future, especially if this one is maybe not the biggest viewership success, but if it's a critical success, if it's an audience success, we'll get more of it down the line for sure. Yeah, and and if I had to guess, it's going to lean into the violence of T- TVMA and um, adapting and taking advantage of that. I don't think we're going to get a ton of sex. I don't think like we got the first uh, F word um, in MCU history with Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't think we're going to get a ton of that. It is still Disney at the end of the day. But yeah. fine, I'm going to go to you. This is the, also the first show that will be released on both Disney Plus and Hulu all at once, five episodes, a new low episode count for um, live action MCU television released on Disney Plus and Hulu. What do you think that release format is going to do having it all at once on both Disney and Hulu with the TV MA involved? Well, it I mean, they're almost hand in hand to me. I think that internationally, like I'm the Canadian correspondent, um, Disney Plus and Hulu is a very american thing uh like the 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 hulu catalog is disney plus for most of the rest of the world but on in state side at least disney plus is that place you send your daughter and son it's the place you send your grandkids you you put on the little mermaid you put on the avengers they have fun it is a family-oriented brand and hulu isn't necessarily that like hulu is where you get the fx series and hulu is is where you get some more mature content and i think that's why that this is happening the, the interesting thing for me is that five episodes all at once binge model uh thing where it is they're not splitting this up they're making a a day out of it we've been joking here all weekend about what's that day for us going to look like uh as people yeah. who 
quote unquote for work have to watch all of it like it will be a okay i gotta sit down and put aside how long these episodes five hours of my day are they half hour whatever i'm i'm fascinated to see what this means going forward for are all these spotlight series are all these ma things also going to be hulu um property we just got headline what was it three days ago or whatever disney's buying comcast out they now own a or will own a hundred percent of hulu so is this a play in that are these things going to become is this just a stopgap will the hulu library eventually make its way into disney plus proper and we just have a hulu tab in there i don't know it, it is very interesting i think it is a as the TVMA is as well. It is a sign of change and they are obviously trying to make things different and it's not going to be on Hulu forever. I think April 7th or April 6th, it's gone. So Mm -hmm. it's, they're trying it. They're going to see what it does. Who knows? It's, it's a different, it is a echo seems to be a different kind of show for a different kind of Disney at this point. So I'm, I'm fascinated to see what it does actually mean. Right. And, you know, I know we have a lot of parents that listen to the show, just, you know, heads up to the parents out there. There is a setting on Disney Plus where you can, you know, basically turn on your TVMA permissions. So it might be a situation where you have to enter a password or just go through an authentic, you know, confirmation system to turn on Echo just to make sure that kids aren't stumbling across it while they're browsing on Disney Plus. Um, Klein, you mentioned it. Marvel Spotlight is the new banner for Echo, and this will be much like special presentations, Marvel Animation, formerly Marvel One Shots, um, a new section of marvel content that's kind of what i wanted to speak on i think that this is a really cool thing it's taken from the comics comics uh marvel spotlight is essentially to tell a side story that isn't required reading for the main story and i think that is something that is so big for the mcu that has this um stigma of well you can't watch one thing without watching the other 50 and we'll talk more about that when we get to the marvels but I think that Marvel Spotlight could be a great way to differentiate. It could be a great way to, you know, let people know without having to make an announcement what is and isn't required for upcoming Avengers type movies or world building type movies and can really dial in on specific characters and build the roster through Marvel Spotlight while you build the universe with other projects. Um, I want to ask you guys for Marvel Spotlight. Do we think that Echo could be the blueprint? You know, five episodes all at once potential tvma depending on the project obviously not everything needs to be tvma it's superhero movies at the end of the day um david klein whoever wants to go first do you guys think that marvel spotlight will use echo as a blueprint if echo is successful can we expect more of this exact format from marvel spotlight i'm almost more fascinated matt in what comes after echo than I am Echo in the Spotlight thing. Echo, for me, feels like a very weird title to be launching something like this because it is so intrinsically tied to Hawkeye. Like, this character is someone who was set up. We see scenes in the trailer that look like they're pulled moments after Hawkeye happened. So I'm interested to see, like, what what does that next thing look like? And then I think we're going to have a better idea. Um, I, It almost feels like with Echo, it was a, this is... This is going to be a TVMA product. This is going to be different from what we've traditionally done. We have this spotlight idea. We have this thing. Let's use this as as this kickoff. And then I think over time, we're going to start to really be able to really tell what it actually is. Right now, I'm a little confused, honestly, just because Echo is it, it, Echo. It, it's it's been pitched as this sequel to Hawkeye. So how is it going to be so standalone and and bring people in without the knowledge? Of, of things coming before 
Yeah, David. The other thing, too, is not only is it following Hawkeye, but it's setting up Daredevil. Like, how is this a spotlight if it feels like a project that is a bridge to another show between two other shows? So we'll see what that looks like within the series. I think that points to it being even more character driven. And based on the trailer we're going to discuss in a second, like you can see that just within those 90 seconds of footage that we've gotten so far. So in general, I would be surprised if spotlights are actually rebranding some older series i wouldn't be surprised if you hop on disney plus in a couple of weeks or say 2024 right when there is an an official spotlight like echo and all of a sudden hawkeye's under there and miss marvel's under there like whatever they want to do to whatever they want to do to call a spotlight i don't know because will daredevil now be spotlight what is and what isn't i mean echo is its own thing i imagine like ironheart I, I could see being like a spotlight, perhaps. Um, but I think the going forward, I imagine their idea with spotlights are the binge model. I think right. that is going to be the correlation going like you asked kind of the question, like going forward. I think that's going to be the main common denominator is like if it's a spotlight, it is Netflix binge. Watch it if you want to. Moving on, right? Like it's not going to be the Loki's. It's not going to be even like uh, it fell on its face. Secret invasion, right? Where they're trying to keep you on, you know, each week by week. We've got the whole news cycle, right? So that's what I see happening. And we'll see. Generally, though, it's a good idea, right? I, I think it is just marketing at the end of the day. But I think having a spotlight or new categories is a smart idea. And it's going with this whole shift that we're probably going to be seeing within the MCU. And whether or not people understand at first what it means, we'll see. I think that'll take some time, right? I think it'll definitely take some time to for audience members to be like, oh, MCU Spotlight. I know what that means. That means that I don't need to have watched every episode of Secret Invasion and She-Hulk and all these things, right? And just another reason we need a stand-up video from Kevin Feige kind of explaining what all these new things really mean for MCU fans who love following Every single thing. Just to add on to that really quick, David, with Marvel Spotlight's binge model, I do think that, and we've talked over and over about the advantages of week by week versus the binge model. The advantages of week by week are the conversation, is the news cycle. It is the hype that a cliffhanger can leave for six days. But a lot of people are saying that it's a lack of confidence to put Echo all out at once because they don't believe it can carry week to week, which could be true to some degree. But a quick movies or sports, when you have less impact players on your team you need to coach and strategize around their strengths in order to get the most out of them having this release all at once will take away potentially some of the week by week (laughs) trigger word fatigue of the superhero shows where we might have a filler episode in the middle of this five episode run but we're not going to spend an entire week talking about the negatives of it because the next episode is right there. They right. can get to the point quicker. And I think that's going to be huge, especially for these character-driven shows that tend to be a little slower paced and might fit more of that binge model. I, I think Stranger Things a lot because they obviously do this and they've adapted to doing it in two parts. Yeah. Um, but I re- I'm really excited to see um what the reaction is to echo being this episode dump with five episodes at once because we're going to talk about echo 
as a whole, not Echo Episode 2 or Echo Episode 3, where maybe it's a down week. I think it's going to be really exciting for people like us who love the MCU and for people who don't like the MCU. They have less to hold on to as far as negatives because any down moments in the show can be followed up by something to bring it right back. And um, it'll be exciting. And speaking of excitement, let's get into it. Let's get into the actual trailer itself. We talked about the release format. Let's get into the actual trailer echo trailer two minutes is it it was it was a teaser trailer technically right because the first one's a teaser but it yeah feel, it felt it felt like a true official trailer um david i'll go to you first since the mic's in front of your beautiful face right now your overall thoughts on the echo trailer i thought it looked great i thought it looked way better than i was expecting right because you mentioned just now oh it's a sign of right lack of confidence if you're dropping all the episodes at once. It was being reported so, right? It was being reported that that was Marvel Studios' stance, I guess, that like they were not really nervous. They were nervous about it. They weren't sure of the quality of it. And we will see. But look, I've said it a million times on here. I love the Daredevil Netflix show. Fisk, right? Vincent D'Onofrio is incredible in that series and how much he is going to be in this series just based on the trailer, or at least how much he was featured in the trailer. Yes. Sign me up. Like he looks so great. He's so well cast and it's exciting just as a daredevil fan to see the seeds being planted, even though it's spotlight for the daredevil series, right? Whatever that ends up being one day um, and getting these characters back in a real way. Cause you know, we only got Kingpin for a little bit in Hawkeye, and they, here we're really going to see it. His connection to Maya, um, obviously getting back down to her roots, um, her Native American culture, that's going to be pretty cool. So, and the action looks awesome. Like, that's where you mentioned earlier, that's where the TVMA is going to come in. And I'm looking forward to that because the the bloody, the gutty, the just badass TVMA stuff you can do. I think it's going to be on full display. We just rewatched the trailer before hopping on here. And the action, I think, stands out the most for me. I think this could be really fun, especially with considering Echo's like abilities. Right. Really exciting. And just a violent style that she had in the Hawkeye show. Like she's a brute and it's yeah. exciting to see her get this treatment. Uh, Klein, your overall thoughts, the Echo trailer as a whole. Uh, what what did you think of the trailer? Well, I think I'm in the similar camp to David, and it seems like a lot of the internet and MCU fans at large is it was it was a big surprise. I mean, you can cut together a trailer to make anything look really good, so who knows? But it does make me more think, like coming out of it and not looking at the trailers in itself. But was date was Disney? I don't know. Did they was it not good, or did they not know what to do with it? Did they finish it and go wait? What is like, or as it was going? They were looking at it and going, this is totally different than anything we've ever done before. And maybe we can use this to jump out and go and do something like Daredevil or do something more mature like what we're getting with Echo. I like the trailer a lot. I think that, as David said, the action is probably the the, the biggest standout. It just looks intense. Like there's a lot of um, I think there's going to be some like really intense themes that they deal with here, whether it be with her native american background or we we get some flashbacky kind of stuff that looks like that is like this looks like it's going to be harsher than um a lot of mcu projects have been like i was honestly brought back to uh killers of flower moon something that's just in the headlines right now uh it there are moments in there that looked like 
Scorsese-esque or of that level of intensity and thematic elements of that sort of nature. So um, what, David just said one of the same actors. Uh, it is. And so I'm, I am more optimistic now about it than I was four days ago, but I am still a little like, what's, what's the deal here? Because we've heard so much. This was a show supposed to be out already, right? Like, wasn't it first week of Loki? It was supposed to drop that same day. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested. I'm more interested than I was. It's exciting stuff. I was really excited about the trailer as well. It reminded me of the Secret Invasion trailer in tone. It reminded me of the Batman in style a little bit in a gritty Gotham-esque kind of way. Very underground. This is the street-level stuff we've been craving um, since Hawkeye, really. And it really did kind of stand out with a lot of those Hawkeye-type elements that it was really it was a showcase trailer for me where like they showcased the TVMA. They showcased the Disney Hulu connection there at the end. And I think it was a really good statement for what their vision is for this show. And I can't get over just how exciting the character dynamics um, were the star of this trailer. Like this is all about a relationship between Maya and Fisk, something that was teased in Hawkeye. And I think can be really extrapolated on based on that trailer. Uh, David, your biggest takeaway from the echo trailer uh, what's the one thing that stood out to you the most above the rest i suppose it would be that connection to fisk and vincent d'onofrio just him returning like i mentioned in kind of like my overall thoughts i was surprised how much it's leaning into that which is ironic because i feel like that's taking away from the whole spotlight thing <laughs> like if you barely saw fisk that would almost make a little more sense in my mind because then it's you know just focusing on maya but you know, we'll see how it goes. Like, I think putting Vincent D'Onofrio in there for so much, that's a marketing move. He may not be in the show that much. And we even got a glance at Daredevil, which is, oh, my God. Can't wait for that. But the black and red. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I can't wait. Where's that show? Um. Anyway, <laughs> patience, patience. Yes, it's patience. Coming, it's coming. I know we got to we got to wait. We're, they're, they're redoing it. Calling an audible <laughs> retooling. Um. But I will take Echo for what it is. Can't wait for that. Um, and just, it's going to be very interesting because it's going to be the first, I feel like really the first real time we're going to get a little more of a glimpse into like these Netflix characters seeping into the MCU and like what that really means. Mm-hmm. And it's extra fascinating having this whole, like we just mentioned, like the reboot of Daredevil now, where what happens at the end of Echo? Like what is set up? Because something I, I assume will be and where does that character leave off? So I'm just excited for, like you said, the street. I guess that goes to say the street level aspect of the MCU. And it's hard right now. I think other people might feel this way, too. When we're watching a series like Loki and we're getting ready for the Marvels, which now is suddenly teasing like a different reality because they're trying to lean into all this. It's I think it's kind of hard to get as interested in street level stuff with the MCU when their big story isn't street level right um so i'm curious how that will how that will go and what the audience i guess interest will be because of it because i feel like it's kind of hard for marvel to do everything at once and you know like we mentioned before i guess that's a reason why they're doing the whole spotlight thing right to kind of explain hey this isn't going to be like this doesn't connect to loki right but it is it's it is still a cool story yeah, and just to follow up with my big takeaway, it's it's exactly that, is that this feels more like a Fisk show than it does Echo. It's very Star Wars to name the show Echo when it's not, it doesn't seem to be about Echo as much as it does 
Fisk, I'm always fascinated right. by the utility of characters in movies and shows. And I always love when a movie has a character, usually the main character, that the sole purpose is so we can see what the story's about through their eyes. And this feels like a Fisk show by way of Maya Lopez. And it's really exciting that that character gets to be the vehicle in which we learn more about Fisk and potentially Matt Murdock in this world because Maya, I think, was a really you know, good addition to Hawkeye. She was a secondary big bad. She had a lot of depth for a character that was relatively unknown going into Hawkeye. And I think she has a lot of amazing, you know, attributes that will allow us to take a deeper look at Fisk through the lens of Maya and shout out Alakwa Cox. Like she, I think crushed it in Hawkeye, obviously being the first deaf, sorry, the second deaf character in the MCU you know, there there's a unique storytelling aspect to that. And Vincent D'Onofrio did such an amazing job communicating with the Lockwell on screen and bringing so much emotion through those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think that we're going to have a good time getting to learn more about Fisk while at the same time going along with the ride with Maya to figure those things out. I think it's a fun utility they're doing there. Um Klein, your biggest takeaway from the Echo trailer, or is it also Fisk? Um, I'll keep it very short. It is it is Fisk, but on top of that, it's that I really need to watch Netflix Daredevil, obviously, because I have Damn not strange. seen it. And just seeing the action here and hearing Jack pop off when it was when we were watching a trailer for the first time, he's like, This looks like Daredevil. I like I I guess I gotta do it. Um, because this this the action in this looks absolutely incredible. And I loved D'Onofrio in Hawkeye, but I knew that there was something missing. Everyone was telling me like, but this, the like, this is only just this, like the surface man. Like you got to get in and watch, uh, go for the whole thing. So maybe that's what I'll do on the plane tomorrow. Maybe I'll download first season, sit there for six hours and binge the whole thing. But uh, yeah, that's my biggest takeaway is just how, if this is what it looks like it could be for Daredevil fans, that's really exciting because people yeah. really like that show. And if this is that, first foray into the MCU really doing that, doing it in like proper. I know that the whole daredevil MCU situation is messy and then we get born again. And it is this again with the same character. That's exciting. Yeah. It's all very exciting. And uh, the temperature check here, it's interesting because the only confirmed Disney plus Marvel shows next year are echo and coven of chaos, the Agatha Harkness show. Interesting though, David, and back in July of 2022, me, you, in front of the show, Tim Gettys, did a hype draft where we drafted the upcoming Phase 5 projects, and Echo was the second-to-last pick, only in front of Agatha, Agatha. Covenant of Chaos. So, um, you know, for you and for Klein, does this move it up the rankings, or is it still there, but maybe a, a higher up in that tier than it was uh, back in the day? Yeah, it's hard because... The trailer definitely raised my expectations and raised my excitement. It looked good. Simple as that. It looked good. I like how I'm going to be able to binge it, honestly. Like, I'll, I'm sure I'll just sit there and, like I was mentioning, I'll just binge it that first day, like, immediately. And we'll see how it's released. I imagine they go back to just releasing it that morning, like, on Disney Plus slash Hulu. It's not going to be this, like, evening premiere. I'm thing, yeah. What's the point of that? Um. So, with that being said, yeah, I... Based on other options, that's the thing. It's still lower for sure. Like I have to maybe relook. And so that's the thing. It's trending up, but I feel like that was the only way it really could trend. But it, it does look good. Like, I think it's going to be a good time, especially for something that is 
kind of setting expectations as a quote unquote spotlight as this, you know, its own little story. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. Um, the Echo trailer, it 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 popped, man. It it excited people more than I think Echo ever could. And and I I was very active on Twitter over the weekend, and I had a lot of people telling me that the trailer is supposed to make the show or movie look good. Of course, it looks good. That doesn't mean the project's going to be good. There are plenty of superhero trailers, Marvel superhero trailers that look like shit, and it doesn't get me more excited for the show. So, yeah. um. Better than the Craven trailer. So I mean, like oh, God. that's that's definitely a thing. <laughs> um, it's exciting stuff. Let's move into variety. Variety versus the MCU. It's the new, it's the new uh versus <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's the new feud of the universes you love. Variety has uh, delivered two very long, extensive articles about the issues of the MCU, one of them detailing a handful of those issues, and then the other one that came out yesterday or this morning saying, you know. The MCU is pretty much dead. What I comes saw next? That. Yeah. Variety has officially claimed that we are ending the run of MCU dominance, um, which is a wild statement with so much on the horizon still, despite, you know, some murkiness over the last couple phases. Um, we start with the Jonathan Majors news, and obviously we will learn more after the Loki finale. So we don't spend too much time on this because we don't have all the information yet. But the uh, initial Variety article stated that there are very deep conversations in place at Marvel Studios to pivot away from Kang as the big bad of this saga and move to a different character to lead Secret Wars. Doctor Doom was the named character in the article to pivot to, and it makes all the sense in the world when you look at the comics, when you look at the story, when you look at the history. Um, there's been so much reporting after that article that a lot of it's not true. So we don't know what's real. We don't know what's not. So let's do buy or sell. Let's, are we buying into these weird to call a variety article a rumor but um are we buying into these reports or are we selling them saying that we think that maybe it was a little misinformation within those articles uh david i'll go to you first the variety article says that they're pivoting away from kang moving forward uh the other options are recasting if the jonathan major stuff falls out the bottom and the third option is to wait and see what happens with major's legal problems before they make a hard decision are you buying selling or holding and waiting to see on pivoting away from Kang. I would say buying would say that you think that they're going to pivot away. Selling means that they're going to recast if things go wrong and holding, meaning that they're just going to wait and see. So I think they're going to recast. I've said this for months though. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I've said this since March. Literally. News, yeah. Um, I, I think they're going to look variety. Also mentioned, I don't know if this is exactly what they said. The, the court or a public appeal, right? Or whatever that saying is, where what are people actually thinking, right? Does anyone actually want to see Jonathan Majors return as Kang? So even if he, he's not, you know, charged for anything criminally, I think they'll still recast. I think the damage is kind of done. I'm not sure people are going to necessarily want him to keep continuing playing the character. And I don't think Marvel is going to want any kind of controversy with such a massive character. Like if they keep the name for Avengers five Kang dynasty, that's the first time that a character's name would even, Oh, well, Ultron, never mind. <laughs> but the second time a care, a villain's name would be um, in the title for an Avengers film. So I think they'll recast. I think it's going to happen. The, the, it could be shifting away from Kang as well, I suppose. But my, 
just gut reaction, gut feeling is they will recast and they will continue with the Kang story because they will have progressed so much with Kang. It would be way too messy to completely now try to make someone else a bigger bad because that takes time, man. Think about Thanos. Think about Kang so far. That's really hard to do. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it. And obviously, the Jonathan Major stuff is a sensitive topic, but we've seen time and time again where you know, this, the Johnny Depp trial is the b- biggest example where these things can just turn on their head and it turns out it wasn't nearly as much of an issue as people thought. So what do they do then? You know what I mean? Um, another reason Foggy needs to get in front of a camera. But uh, Klein, what about you? Are you buying a pivot or are you selling toward a recast? I'm actually buying a pivot. Um, I think that the way that I feel, I mean, there was reporting months ago at this point, um, and her name's been all over. Joanna Robinson from The Ringer just wrote that MCU book. She said months ago that conversations had been that the Marvel Studios did not have a Kang plan. It was not a Kang plan. It was a Jonathan Majors plan. They saw Jonathan Majors in that role and said, we have no direction. This guy's our direction now. Because say we like the legal trouble and all that he was great in that role he was amazing and if they saw dailies from that they were like let's let's do it let's go let's make him the thing i think they can pivot away from it i uh multiversal storytelling is make doom some weird maybe he happens to be a kang variant i don't know like there's a way that they can do it and i have a feeling that as david said with the court of public opinion Jonathan Major's name is so sullied now that even if he is proven innocent, I don't know. I don't know what that does for Marvel Studios. So I just I think that a pivot could happen and will likely happen simply because this was a this was a major's plan. This was not a Kang plan. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do. It's it's so just so much up in the air and Broken record at this point. Yes, we're waiting. But hopefully the Loki finale gives us a little more clue as to where they could go. You know what I mean? And a big another part of that article was an insider who has seen the Loki finale says that they're fucked because this Loki finale apparently um, puts them on a path where it can only be Kang. Doesn't make any sense to me with a character that can have any face at any time and variant is his thing, um, especially after that OB meme that I sent you guys the other day. Where it's like we shared information and we did all this. Like it's exactly the scene we got. Come on, dude. Loki's awesome. Um, I might be season two over season one. I don't know. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about that more on Friday. Uh, moving on. Another just poisoned project in Marvel Studios. Um, Blade. Blade was announced in 2019 um, at the now infamous Hall H where we got this entire slate that has been reworked, redone due to delays mostly because of these strikes i think um so we don't know what's happening but it was reported in that variety article that um mahershal ali almost left the project due to concerns with the script um apparently the one of the versions of the script had blade as a tertiary if not fourth lead character in the in the project and um another writer on the show came to twitter and said when i was working on it that was not the case at all. It wasn't even kind of the case. It was always Mahershala Ali. So nobody knows if it's true. It was reported today. Breaking news. Wah, wah, wah. Um, Blade will officially be rated R, which is great news for Deadpool. It's great news for Blade. And it's great news for other um, mature forward projects in the MCU. So um, they've rebooted. Uh, re- they're, they're rebuilding the Blade script. 
you know, that's been reported for a long time. Klein, I'll go to you first. Are you buying that Blade is um, in even more trouble than we expected with Mahershal Lee now on the fence? Or are you selling that Blade is going to do the Daredevil boarding in thing, start over, and we'll get it eventually? Well, I mean, I, I, I'm buying that Ali had frustrations with the project. I, I'm not, I'm selling that it might be more trouble than we thought because in my brain, this movie has been in trouble for, for quite a long time. I mean, it was a year ago almost to the day that we found out that uh, Bassam Tariq had left director, bring in new director, page one rewrite. And that was when the first reports of Ali's Unhappy came out. And then in May, we get more reports that Ali's Unhappy. And I'm just, I'm, Marvel needs to, for lack of a better term, shit or get off the pot with this because they're going to lose Ali. They're going to lose Ali if they string this along too much. And this dude is like, he seems to have a passion for the character. He wants to do it. He's an award-winning actor. Make it happen and make it right. This doesn't seem like you need to reinvent the wheel. Like, it's a great talent doing a project that he has passion for. Put him in some cool, super-powered fights, fighting vampires. Like, I I don't know. Maybe that's... I'm boiling down the profession of screenwriting a little bit too much there. But I, I guess I'm buying that he has his issues but it just this this whole thing is it it makes me quite angry just like looking at all of this and looking at all these reports because like what are you what are you doing like this could be he could be the the next big thing for you guys like having Mahashir Ali in your franchise is a big deal yeah and and he's a name that can open a movie and it's gonna be oh man that trailer is just going to be when they nuts. the first announced date was technically this past week like yeah it was like november 4th 2020 or is this friday it was this past friday the 5th 2022 glad you all enjoyed it yeah it was a good time i really enjoyed it um it was cool to see wesley snipes come back david um <laughs> Interesting thing. It's similar to the Daredevil news. You know, the complete rebuild, rewriting yeah. the script, rewriting, uh, reformatting how we want it to go. Do you? And we were excited about the Daredevil news a little bit because it showed that they were willing to make the hard choices to do it right. Are you putting it in that camp, or are you more concerned than you are with the Daredevil thing? Um, well, this one I'm more concerned about because Daredevil filmed it. Like it, it was halfway through actual production, whereas this has been a pre-production mess. Like. Mahershala Ali almost leaving. That would have, it's funny, uh, Klein's point about Jonathan Majors and Kang. This is like the star-driven project right now. Think back to that 2019 San Diego Comic-Con. Mahershala Ali comes out. It's like, we're doing Blade. And that was it. But we just knew that he was attached to play this character. And honestly... That's still all we really like know or really care about, right? Like, I think this is going to be a spotlight film and they will market it as such. They want it to be under $100 million. I think it's going to get done. I just think they're going to try to uh, reel in what they're maybe trying to do and maybe not, maybe almost not do it. Clive's just saying, not set him up to be the next big thing. Just make a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Just make a Blade movie, make it rated R, make it lower budget. And make it badass, right? That's all we really want to see. It doesn't need to connect dot F to dot H and all these things, right? Just do. <laughs> well, that's Marvel, right? There's a yeah. shit ton of dots. Like with seven letters in. I love it. That's right. Well, no, because we're, we're far past A, right? What phase are we on now? God, phases. 
I've grown to hate phases, by the way. Oh, come Brand, on. I've grown to hate phases. Like, why are we in phase five? What was phase yeah. four? What was it? Like, No Way Home? WandaVision? Loki? That was it? Oh. Nah. Shang-Chi? Hawkeye? No, no. There's good projects, but it's like, I mean, phases, phases indicate moments and events, mm-hmm. right? Phase one ends with the Battle of New York. Phase two ends with Ant-Man, but not really, right? Sokovia, ends with Sokovia. Phase three is the end of it all. And then now we're just kind of chugging along. I just hate that idea. And I think we're going to go against phases. We're going to go against all the ne- connectivity, which is a lot of the through line stuff with all of this. And Blade's going to be one of them where it's like, this is just a movie, right? We're not mm-hmm. trying to be big, bad MCU. It's just a film with Marshall Ali. And I just hope at the end of the day, it's badass and awesome and releases around this time of year, Christmas or not Christmas time, Halloween time, fall. Yeah. It could be it could still be awesome. So I guess I'm buying the idea that it could still be great. Yeah. And that's great to hear. And honestly, we just got one of those types of movies where it was just a great movie and it was Guardians 3. And I know right. that's the third. So it's easier to do. Origin stories are different, but I, I agree with you guys. Let's let's make Blade Blade. And folk, I, I I think you guys just opened my mind a little bit to what it was and what they're hoping it to be, because like Midnight Suns was a lot of the theme of like what we all want Blade to be. That's a team up movie. That's, you know, bringing back Dane yeah. Whitman. Blade's already been in the MCU. Also, something that people forget um, in voice and the Eternals post credit scene. So I think maybe they dial back on the team up part of it and focus more on Blade, which I don't know. I'm being optimistic, way too optimistic, I'm sure. Um, but I, mean, this, I, I sorry, I, go ahead. it could be another period piece, by the way, too. Speaking of like out of time, out of touch, its own thing. It, it doesn't ha- Blade does not have to be present day MCU. I hope it's not, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree. But I, I, I'm continuing my optimism from the Daredevil news that they are willing to take one of their biggest name projects and start over, which is something right. that addresses a lot of the concern we've had is that they're just going a little too quick and not uh, filling in the lines. They're not, you know, dotting T's and crossing I's. They're, um, you dot J's too, by the way, people. People forget that you also got to go back and dot all the J's. And that's an important thing in literature that people forget to do. The amount of books I read where the day, J's aren't dotted. You know, I, I shut the book. I turn it off. I don't read. Um, but no, Blade's <laughs> an interesting one. It's going to continue to Conjunction, be junction, one. what's your function? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Bars by David Thompson. I just want to shout out David Thompson's hair right now. I wish I had it. It's wonderful. (laughs) It's thick. It's lustrous. It's Clark Kent-esque. And I'm jealous of it personally. Um, The last bit of news. You guys know I groan the most at this one. Oh, Um, your favorite, man. This is just. Bring them back. back. (laughs) The report. (laughs) <laughs> the report is that Scarlett Johansson, Robert Downey Jr., and others um, are in line to return to, quote-unquote, save the MCU, getting back to formula, Norman Osborn. Um, this is something that's been rumored in Secret Wars for a long time, but the idea here in this report is that it's going to happen sooner to get the box office back up. Buy or sell, does the MCU need to bring back the OG Avengers in order to save it? I am selling that fast and yeah. sold the moldy cheese in the fridge. Oh my God. This, okay. I've, I'm any podcast you listen to me on, wherever it is, I am art first. Fuck the business. Yes, you got to make money. I understand it's a marriage of commerce and creativity, but not today. This is a business move, not a creative move. If you are 
literally in the reporting, bringing back the Downey and Scarjo to bump up box office numbers. Fuck that. Get this out of here. I'm okay. These characters, I'm they're going to return at some point down the line. In some way, Robert Downey Jr.'s voice, face, whatever will be a part of the MCU. And when it happens, it needs to be earned. It needs to be a moment and it needs to be done right. The same way that killing them off had to be done right. You can't just bring them back. So I don't know. Bob Iger can buy a 12th yacht. I just, I'm, I'm done. I can't, I cannot believe that this is a real thing. Yeah. Or maybe and, it's not. I don't know. <laughs> that's why we're doing it by itself. That's kind of the point. Exactly. Klein here in my brain. I love it. David, this is my hot button. My guy, no one knows how much this pisses me off more than you. Are you buying or selling that the OG Avengers need to come back to save the MCU? Look, they don't need to come back. So I think that's like as a person who loves the MCU and wants to see it flourish and do great. No, they shouldn't come back. They won't come back (laughs) to zag, I guess, and to be because I love the business side of it. And I think there is a lot to that. And I think I'll be honest, if I was them, I might be getting out the the truck full of money to get RDJ back. Because he sells, dude, and he's incredible. And, like, his career after Oppenheimer is at such an interesting, incredible place. Like, it would cost a shit ton of money. That's what's interesting about this. Like, getting RDJ back isn't some little, like, handshake in the back hallway, nice little wink-wink favor. They would have to pay him an absurd amount to get him back. But it sells. Nostalgia sells. I think that they'll go a different route, though. I think it won't. There could be brief cameos. We could get Chris Evans. We could get Scarlett Johansson. I think from everything that we've seen, we're going to be like Hugh Jackman's back, right? Like we're going to be getting these characters that maybe haven't had their moment to shine in the MCU that do have that nostalgia come back. So, no, narratively, the MCU needs to find a way forward with what they have. Because if they can't, what's the future, right? What There's no way forward if they have to keep relying on RDJ. But I do get the idea that they want to bring them back or that they would maybe try to because they know that sells. And it seems like very quickly now, they're getting a little bit more risk averse. They're trying to take less risks, which is a shame, right? Because The MCU is so great at taking calculated risks and hitting home runs on their big swings and their biggest projects. And budgets used to just be big numbers that didn't matter because they would double that at the box office, right? I remember reading about Endgame's budget. Like, it was just, like, absurd. It didn't matter because it was the highest grossing film of all time when it initially released. So... Still is. Yeah, yeah. Shout out. Um, (laughs) don't, Don't look that up. Just trust us. Um, <laughs> just just Matt. Um, yeah. he loves he loves. Well, that I mean, talk. re-releases shouldn't count. But um, I think that for That's me, true. obviously, I'm very against it. Um, Klein hit the nail on the head the moment he started talking. It needs to be earned if and when they come back. Um, what this says to me more than anything, if if any of this is even kind of true, what it says to me is that their return and potentially probably like you know the odds-on favorite for their return would be Secret Wars multiversal clash we're bringing everybody together from all the different universes we're going to put it all in one spot it says to me that they're going to be a part of the marketing 
You know what I mean? Like, even if they're briefly in uh, Secret Wars, I, it just says to me that they're going to not risk um, the ceiling of a box office by keeping it secret. Um, even though nothing secret in the MCU, shout out John Campia. I think that yeah, it's... That's what I was going to say. Like, Or, or yeah. it becomes the not in the marketing, but the Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield whispers of it all, right? Where oh, it's like... The whispers. It, I miss the whispers, man. That was a time to be alive. Oh, my Andrew God. Andrew Garfield out there fighting for his fucking life. <laughs> trying <laughs> yeah. to make it through this Just promo talking, run. Trying to talk about Tick, Tick, Boom. Poor guy. Yeah, it's tough. Oh, man. Tick, Tick, Boom is great. It's really great. Um. Yeah, I, I I think I think it would be such a lame thing to do to just cram in an Avengers movie with the OGs, just get the box office back up. But you got to follow the money. You got to follow the money a little bit. I think that they have made substantial moves recently that shows they are not um, just cashing in and they are not just taking the easy way out. And and that is spoken through the Daredevil rebuild. They're they're delaying that show because they want to get it right. The Blade rebuild. They're delaying that movie because they want to get it right. The whole quality over quantity thing that Bob Iger's been putting out on wax. I think that's an important thing. Introducing Marvel Spotlight in this pivotal moment. They're making very aggressive moves to try to change what's going on because they feel like it's not working. None of those moves say to me that they're going to revert back to old characters, maybe revert back to old systems that they put in place to make it successful, but nothing that they've actually done um, in recent months has told me that they are just going to cash in and just try to get as much out of it as they can. What they've said to me and the opposite is that they are going to take their time and make sure that things feel earned and make sure that these characters in these movies and shows have a place and a purpose and aren't just there to sell tickets. Um, and it's, I don't know. I, I, I feel silly for having all this optimism that I do amidst all of these changes, but I would so much rather Marvel studios make these big changes, take these, you know, dramatic hard decisions and get it right. Other than just keep putting out the same thing over and over and over again, just like we saw with the flash. Bringing back the OG Avengers in a movie would be almost directly what they did with The Flash with like, ooh, Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck and ben, uh, Wonder Woman. I forgot the theme. You know, like they they very much put those faces in front. I mean, look at the fucking poster, man. It's it's barely, yeah. barely Allen. Well, then that, the end of that movie. Jeez. <laughs> good Lord. But I think that, oh, man, I love Clooney. Um, I think oh, that, that was awesome. That was great. That was very even awesome. the bowl. I agree. Let's do I it. I agree. Um, I think that what they've actually put on paper is very different than what this report says. And it's movies yeah. or sports again. You can't go by reports when the money and the decisions being made behind the scenes say the opposite, because those are really what you need to dig into and track. It's interesting. Getting off the red brand. By the way, no Star Wars news recently, no DC news recently. I'm going to put it on the strikes. Um, the Hunger Games. Uh, what's the name of this one? I'm not a Hunger Games guy. Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. What a fucking title. That's Except awesome. it's not. It is the Hunger Games. The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. They make that very clear. I saw a trailer last night during football. They didn't even say Ballads of Songbirds and Snakes. They just said the Hunger Games coming to theaters. Yeah, I mean, you gotta sell tickets as well. <laughs> but, um, it's uh, Birds of Prey, the tale of Harley Quinn, and all the other superheroes in New York. Um, 
But the reviews have come out, including our very own Russ Milheim, who's very into that lore, very into those books, very into the Hunger Games. People are saying it's great, guys. Absolutely great. Um, I trailed off after the second one. You know, I was in high school and, you know, it was the thing for a little while. And then I got to college, stopped watching Hunger Games, whatever. Um, Are you guys excited for the new Hunger Games movie? Here's a question. You got to see it. I'm going to see it. Um, I am a I really like the books. I've only seen the first two movies as well. I loved the books when that I was perfect age for that when those were coming out. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that was like one of the first, I think, franchise movies that I like. I knew every casting when that Taylor Swift song that was in that movie dropped. I like I was so excited and I wasn't even a Swifty back then. Like I just was all over that world. And to hear that, I mean, to hear that this movie's good is actually I don't want to say shocking, but like as good as. The the reviews um, surprised me is what I'll say. Like I was hearing some people say that it is better than the original movies, which I'd say the second movie is a good movie, but the rest of them are they're they're good, they're fun, they're they're as fun as killing children in an arena can be. But they're decent times at the movies. But this is actually being touted as a great film, which is like cool, exciting. I'm interested in seeing that. The trailers look fine enough. So yeah, I'll be there. I'm excited. I don't know anything about this book, though. I have not read this one. So we'll see where that goes. Check out Russ Milheim. I'll tell you all about it. Um, He's a huge fan. Uh, David, am I rewatching all the Hunger Games movies? Are we reviewing this thing? Are you going to go see it? Oh, I'm definitely going to be there. Uh, I'm going to see it. Start the (laughs) rewatch. Do it, man. Well, I mean, you could watch it you could watch them after this one as it is a prequel. Sure. prequel. So um, that's what I was saying to Jasmine. Cause she's all of a sudden, I'll tell you this songbirds and snakes thing out of left field, all of a sudden just going to dominate the box office or do better than the Marvels as of right this second. Six months ago, I was making jokes and having so much fun at the fact that Songbirds and Snakes was going to make nothing at the box office. At the time, there was Dune and there was a Marvel movie coming out right before it. Rachel Zegler's in it. People don't like Rachel Zegler very much. Apparently, she's great in the film. I'll be there for Peter Dinklage. Love him. Can't wait to see him. Viola Davis is also in it. I'm excited for that. Uh, I like the movies. I like Catching Fire by far the most. Um, The first one's good, too. So I'm I'm checking it out. I'm gonna be there. Jasmine's all of a sudden out of literally nowhere, super pumped, is gonna read the book in the next week before we see it. Cause oh yeah, that, like Russ said, apparently it is a great adaptation of the book, which you very, very rarely hear. And I think that being like you mentioned, the reviews, I think that being the main thing in these reviews, the positive note is going to get people to the box office. It's going to get people to go see this thing in theaters because it's so rare that we see a very proper book-to-movie adaptation. So I I am suddenly excited for it because I like The Hunger Games. It's a pretty cool concept. The idea that it is a prequel like 60 years before, it looks pretty cool. I mean, it's surprising because to to me, it felt like Hunger Games in many ways, like the popularity was, was dead, right? Like it kind of, it did its thing like, you know, five, 10 years ago, but it seems to be back. 
We are back. And another thing that is very much back, the Planet of the Apes. Um, another franchise that I saw the first two and kind of trailed off. I'm excited to go oh, rewatch no. those. I know, I know, I know, no. I, know. <laughs> I know, guys, I know. I love the first one. <laughs> Apparently it's no good. One. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm going to rewatch these for sure. But the Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes trailer has released. For those who don't know, this is very much down the line where the apes have taken over. And now we're the monkeys of the entire situation. Um, we being humans. Um, shout out to anybody non-human listening to this podcast, including my dog, who is somewhere around here. Um, guys, uh, just your overall temperature check as Planet of the Apes fans. What are we thinking about the fourth installment? Looks good. More of the same thing that I fell in love with watching the Matt Reeves trilogy. Uh, a true living on the legacy, like <laughs> successor kind of sequel, which we don't see much of where it's like, sure. all right, we're going to keep in the same universe, a whole lineage story. Like you mentioned, the kingdom of the planet of the apes, where it's mainly about the apes. Now, the the roles have reversed following the last film. I'm pumped for this movie. Fun. I'm also super excited like those. Um, I'm late to the Matt Reeves ones. I watched the first one, which isn't technically a Matt Reeves movie. Isn't didn't direct it. Um, I was shocked to learn that recently. Yeah, I know. I, I, I've, everyone's <laughs> like the Matt Reeves trilogy. I'm like, wait a second. I thought the first one. Yeah. James Franco. Um, But okay, I saw the first one and then I got into the second and third just before the Batman was the I watched them leading yeah. the Batman. I'm like, oh, my God, these are some of the best sci fi films I think I've ever seen. They're great. Can't wait to watch this one. I was joking to David earlier. My favorite literary movie, anything, is when the world gets reclaimed. I love seeing like buildings covered in like foliage and stuff. It's a Last yes. of Us thing. Like it's yes. like I just I love that look. And this movie, this trailer, you got lots of sweeping shots of big cities covered in grass and plants and moss and stuff. I love it. It looks so good. So I'm into it. I'm excited. I want to see where they go. And because this is supposedly the start of kind of this next era of these films we got the trilogy we kind of ended caesar's journey and now we're gonna get whatever we get afterwards yeah um you know you really thought that those apes were riding horses exactly they were only acting as if they were riding horses um man that's probably my favorite bit in that movie is the whole plan of the apes thing for ben kingsley so funny God, Shang-Chi is good. So good. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that is everything you need to know about the universes you love. And let's dive into the universe we love the most. Ladies and gentlemen, the primer for the Marvels. And your starting lineup for the Marvels. Brie Larson returns as Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel. Tiana Paris returns as Monica Rambeau. Mabiani returns as Kamala Khan, a.k.a. a.k.a. Miss Marvel. Samuel L. Jackson in his second 2023 Marvel project will be returning as Nick Fury. Zaw Ashton debuts as Darbin, the villain of the film. Seo Joon Park as Prince Yon and the entire Khan family returns previously seen in miss marvel i rewatched the first episode the mom is so funny um the uh the movie is directed and written by nia da costa who is the subject of our very first um video feature on the direct.com something i did probably 20 of and never did again and then music by laura cartman who recently did music for what if and miss marvel two really great scores I think that's a really exciting get for this movie, which seems like music is going to play a big part of. 
Here we go, guys. The Marvel's primer. Let's talk about what we're excited for, what we're not excited for. Um, doing a fantasy style. We're in the middle of fantasy season. Your start of the week for the Marvel's Klein. Who or what are you most excited about for the Marvel's? Well, I have to do my Canadian duty. And so <laughs> I'm gonna say Amon Vianney. Like we I I notoriously after Miss Marvel, maybe I was making a point. I don't know, had Miss Marvel as my fifth top five, like my fifth favorite MCU thing of all time. I just can't wait for more of this character coming out of that uh show. I think I wasn't alone in in believing this that they really have struck gold with it. Like I felt like I was seeing Tom Holland on screen for the first time as Spider-Man. Like she is Kamala Khan. Just I don't care how good the movie is. I just want more. I could watch her on screen for hours just being this character and interacting and getting to meet her hero. That that's really exciting to me as well. And I hope she kind of like not bring raises the tide of the movie. I hope it's good uh, overall, but I really hope we come out of this and it's like, "Oh no, she's not just a Disney Plus star, like she is a movie star." I love it. And and what a story it would be. For Maviani to break out with this project, with this movie coming off of Miss Marvel. David, who or what are you most excited about for the Marvels and your start of the week? Yeah, well, we know mine's Iman. We know mine's Kamala Khan. Like, I, she genuinely is the only reason I'm going out to see it. I mean, beyond just it's the MCU. <laughs> she, but she is the reason I am excited about seeing sure. it, like in a real genuine way. Um, I'll give you another one, though. I'll give you another one. I'm not just going to steal Klein's. Uh, but I wholeheartedly agree. I made that same comp about Tom Holland probably a few months ago on this podcast. Like, yeah, she she is the best casting since Tom Holland in my mind in the MCU. Simu would be up. Simu, nah. Haley Steinfeld. Thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> Florence Pugh. Yeah, Florence Pugh is really great. I wish I could say Jonathan Majors. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Majors is going the way of the dodo bird. Um, all right, so I'm gonna go with MCU Cosmic, uh, which there is something go, we baby. haven't seen in a while, and there you something go. that you know, Matt. I love how you always put these things into great categories within the MCU, and I'm excited to be back in space. I love the concept of space in Marvel, and we haven't gotten it too much lately, and I'm pumped to be back. Like a story that's more cosmic than it is multiversal it seems like i think i'm excited about and i mean their power swapping just looks so rad as well yeah and and um i'm gonna piggyback off that for what was gonna be my biggest winner the power swapping the cosmic of it all the action of this movie seems yes. very cool and they have a device for it which is always mm -hmm. very fun back to the future s where you know there there's a plot device that drives the kinetic energy of the movie which is something that marvel has always done really well incorporating um so spider-man right like oh my web shooters are down what do i do now kind right. of thing um which is great um i'm gonna go to the world building of it all <laughs> you know we spend the whole time talking about how spotlight is gonna take away not take away but give another side road outside of world building but these recent trailers, man, talking about how there's different realities coming in. This is going to be more multiversal than I think anybody expected it to be a few months ago. And I think that this is a really awesome opportunity to add another layer to this overarching multiverse saga coming out the same day as the Loki finale. I think that we are conditioned on realities in the MCU. We are conditioned on the multiverse enough, as confusing as it is. I don't think that the solution is adding less elements to it. You know what I mean? I think we're going to learn more 
about the MCU multiverse here and in a vehicle where nobody expected to learn more about it. And I think that's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be No Way Home-esque where the multiverse is a part of the story, but it's not the story, which if you all remember, No Way Home did really well making that an additive to an already great Spider-Man story. I think that this could be a fun device that also gives our villain a little bit more oomph if it has more of a multiversal tie that I think we're all we're all ready for at this point. Maybe Multiverse of Madness, we weren't quite ready for it, and we learned a lot there, sure, but that's what the movie was. This feels like it's going to world build in a more organic, MCU proper type of way. So I'm going to go with the world building for my start of the week. Sits of the week. This is not something that we're expecting to be bad, but things maybe we're concerned about. Klein, it could be an expectation based on your reaction. Who or what are you concerned about for the Marvels? I am concerned based on what we just saw just a couple months ago and um, that this movie is going to have significant ties to Secret Invasion. Yikes. And um, <laughs> I, I don't, I am, I am trepidatious about that. And just judging from where we left some characters at the end of Secret Invasion, we're going to have to tie them in here some way, somehow. And please just help me if... You know what? Honestly, I would rather that like like Samuel Jackson shows up in this show and just there is just no mention, nothing. Like, nothing happened. <laughs> he is just there. I would prefer that than having to deal with any of what we just went through, um, let alone the guy of it all and everything there. So, yeah, that's my... I am a little concerned that they're going to have some significant ties into each other. And I, I don't like that at all. Yeah. I feel like you just stole another one of David's uh, picks here, but um, David, what, what, or who are you most concerned about heading into the Marvels? No, I'm going to go with the villain. Dar Ben, uh, Zah Ashton. I just feel like very, it looks one note. It looks cookie cutter. It looks like I've seen this a hundred times before. And it kind of is going to the fact that Captain Marvel may have a villain problem, right? Like the first movie, it's Ronan, I guess. Well, well no, it's Jude Law. Jude Law, right? I am almost forgetting now. I mean, yeah, right. Jude Law. I guess that would be like the main antagonist that whole turn. But I going into this, keeping with the Marvels, based on the trailers, it's like, all right somehow she has entangled their powers maybe and like how does that work and what's happening and at the end of the day i hope there's some cool action but the villain just it just doesn't look very interesting to me and i can't imagine it's going to be that much more interesting in the movie but i could be surprised so we'll see i'm still hope i i have hope for this movie i mean the runtime is short i don't think it's going to be like this deep dive into the mythos of any of these characters I think it's here to have a good time. And if the villain just isn't terrible, it'll get there for me. Like the villain has to be good enough. Give me some kind of motivation because based on the trailer, it's like Captain Marvel destroyed our world. Revenge, right? Like that that's every I feel like comic book, sometimes every comic book movie plot or like device. So I'm just hoping that the motivations are there and that she ends up being a good enough villain where it doesn't take away from our trio and all the fun that is set up to be had in this film. I think it's interesting that the villain is a legacy character as well. Like this is another um, accuser uh, to follow up Ronan, which we saw in both Guardians 1 and Captain Marvel. She's got the hammer. She is the accuser here in this. And I think that'll be an interesting way to go. 
For me, I feel like it needs to start with a classic MCU villain cold open. Mm. You know what I mean? So many MCU projects, they open up with the villain to just kind of plant the motivation a little bit of what this is going to be. It's worked. It hasn't worked. Thor Dark World, really bad opening scene with the elf people. But you go to, you know, something like um, Iron Man 2, we get that opening scene with Whiplash. We know everything we need to know about that guy um, and moving forward. So um, I think if if we get a villain cold open, it's going to ease a lot of my nerves right away because I had I had the villain written down as well um, for you. Shout out Zal Ashton, the wife of Tom Hiddleston. A little family affair there in the MCU. It's very exciting stuff. Um, mine is going to be something that I'm not personally concerned about, but if it goes wrong, it's going to be the only conversation. The whole book on Brie Larson in the MCU is that she's too rugged. She's too stern. She's too straight focused. And what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of deadpan, I guess, a little bit in that first Captain Marvel movie. If you yeah. watch the movie, there's plenty of plot reasons as to why that's the case. But I do think Amaviani is going to bring comedic chops to this. I think that uh, Tiana Paris was very funny and charming in WandaVision. And my breakout from that WandaVision series, something that's not talked about enough. Um, but Brie Larson, I think she is very funny. I think she is very charming. But in this role, it's been a little tricky getting the audience to agree. So this looking as comedic as it is, if Brie Larson's jokes don't hit, it's all people are going to talk about. And that really sucks. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, just like we were talking about earlier, if you have a quarterback who can't throw the ball downfield, run a few crossing routes, get a screen pass going, play to their strengths. I'm hoping that the Brie Larson I fell in love with in 21 Jump Street can come in and bring that charm, that that Scott Pilgrim charm that we all know that she has. And honestly, it's weird to say Oscar winning actress, one of the biggest superstars of our time. I hope she can keep up with Amaviani. I hope she can keep up with the rest of the Khan family. I hope she can keep up with the comedic tone this seems to be bringing. And I do just want to shout out again the music. The trailer music seems really awesome and energetic um, with how the plot's going to go. I think that's going to help the tone be carried through here. And hopefully we can mix that Brie Larson badass. And hey, Peter Parker, come on. Sexiest line in the MCU. Let's get a lot of that when we get to Brie Larson's comedic chops. Um, Something we didn't mention. Guys, these costumes are about to be dope. I cannot wait to see the new bodysuit Captain Marvel outfit. And her hair looks amazing, too. Yeah, and it looks like they're going to... There's like a little clip or something I saw where they're probably going to at some point like name Monica Rambo like Proton or... What is it? Photon? Photon? Photon or Spectrum. Spectrum. The the two. It'd be funny if they get get down to those two. They're like, ah, which one? I like her suit going off of that. That's what we think of it. I like like that like black and white suit. Looks really cool. Yeah, and and th- those kinds of things, like, ooh, how are we going to name this character? It can be so forced and cringy if you have that conversation in the movie. If you don't have a mom, Biani, running yeah. point on that conversation, Kamala She's the makes character to do it. Yeah, like Kamala makes all of the what could be cringy or like doesn't make sense because she's a kid, right? She and she's a fan, like. Those scenes are going to be awesome <laughs> when she first is meeting her and all that and their relationship blooming and growing and like going from fangirl to teammate almost right and then how does monica fit into that and then there's the monica and the you know carol thing right like they know each other that's a, that's gonna be a whole part of the movie i can't wait for those 
those quiet scenes of just mm-hmm. dialogue and figuring it out and like where are we right and not in the sense of like in the cosmos but like as people like how are we going to move forward right there's this threat we need to work together we are entangled let's do it the concept of the movie maybe should have been the start of the week right because the concept is there mm-hmm. it's just will it execute so we'll see i yeah. mean we're so close it's it's crazy to think quickly before we get to the box office it's quick it's crazy to think that an mcu movie comes out this week it doesn't feel like it and i think part of that could be loki because it's like i cannot wait for the loki finale right because it's this whole buildup, and then there's the marvels where i'm excited about it but i if i had to choose i would rather see the loki finale because this is an example of an mcu tv tv show that has done an incredible job of building up to this finale and building up to this, the world building of it all that you just brought up. So if both kill, if the finale is awesome and the Marvels is great, this could be an incredible. Yeah. Like think about the narrative, how that shifts. Yeah. We're yeah. back. <laughs> um, yeah. It's exciting stuff. Also just quick, you know, it's quick warning for everybody out there. Marvel Studios is very known to put their big holy shit spoiler moments in their final trailers. And, um, you know, it's been fine as of late, but with zero acting promotion and bad tracking. Hey, I got one um, and bad tracking on uh, the box office. Look for this final trailer dropping tonight on Monday Night Football. Look for it to be very spoiler heavy. I'll be avoiding it myself. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they show in that to build, ramp up expectations heading into. I mean, screenings are tomorrow. The movie comes out Thursday. That usually means something big is going to happen that they don't want to get spoiled. It'll be interesting to see what they do with the trailer, the final trailer on Monday Night Football. But let's get into it. Let's get into the business side of things. Let's dive into the numbers. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the box. Who's in the box? Not about money. No, what's in the box? That's about sending a message. What's in the f-ing box? All right, the box office projections for the Marvels are bad. Um, the pre-ticket sales are as low as they've ever been for the MCU. And the early projections, early comes out this week, the projections for the Marvel's opening weekend box office domestically is 70 million a very low number for the mcu and a pretty low number for the superhero genre overall just a reminder that black adam's opening weekend was 67 and the flash one of the the biggest flop in the past decade um 55 so 70 would be middling to say the least um david david thompson box office correspondent one of my favorite big brains on the internet you tell me why will this go over projections I guess it would be from word of mouth because at this point it's gotten to be a little bit screwed for lack of a better word due to the actor strike. I think yeah. because we have not gotten the red carpets and the interviews there. I mean, I don't know what the hell is going on. I need to read more and, you know, put things in my, my big brain, quote unquote. How <laughs> is that? There are red carpets and interviews happening for Hunger Games. They have some sort of like timeout going on. Where's that? Let's do it, man. Let's get them on (laughs) on the carpet. Let's get Brie out there. Put on the cross necklace. Get Vinny. Whatever, family. We got to do it. It, it, It's code red. 
Break the glass, Kevin. Break the glass. Bob, get Tom Holland on the phone at an Irish pub talking to Bob Iger. We got to do something because this thing is about to be a fucking flop at the box office. Like, genuinely, Matt, you throw out those numbers. It It's going to be around there. And the headlines are going to be brutal. But we all have to stay calm. We have to remain calm because the reason it could go over to answer your question is what if it's really good? What if it's great? What if Tuesday night, everyone's coming out of things saying, wow, what a Marvel movie. This is awesome. Must see. There can the pre-sale tickets are atrocious because it's not all this like there's suddenly with the MCU, not this urge to go see it immediately. Right. Like of Quantumania. Multiverse of Mad, Multiverse of Madness for sure. There was a huge way, like people had to see Multiverse of Madness. One hundred eighty-seven million dollars opening weekend for Multiverse of Madness. Jesus, crazy number. Um, this will get nowhere close, but it's relying on its quality because its marketing's been meh. It's it's been fine, right? It's it's looked like a comic book movie led by three women, which for some people doesn't do the trick. Sadly enough, in kind of the world we live in, and just kind of turns people away. And that's just the God on, God's honest truth. Like some people, it's like the whole, like, I don't know, not to get too into that, you know, corner of everything, but it's true. I mean, we see it on the internet. We see it out there. There's just people that just turn away from it. So I will say it is screwed. I think it's not going to do very well opening weekend, but if people, if reviews are high, rotten tomato scores, instant reactions, there will be a drum up of interest. Yeah, and I I think that um, just to get into why it will go under because you kind of touched on that a little bit. Yeah, the, the actor strike is I think such a pointed reason that these box office numbers seem so low. They don't have people promoting this movie outside of the trailers, and like you said, with MCU confidence lower than it has been after Quantumania, after Secret Invasion, people forget about Guardians for some reason. Um, for some reason, James Gunn left to go to DC. Um, but <laughs> mentioned in that Variety uh, article, which yeah, I <laughs> love that little paragraph. It's like it's, uh, no one, no one's forgotten the fact that now James Gunn's at DC. Yeah. Real quick, Variety is owned by Warner Brothers. Fantastic. Um, I <laughs> uh, just to get into the under, not to cut you off, but you touched on it. Oh, yeah. Just the the simple fact that we don't have. One of the biggest faces in Hollywood, Brie Larson, one of the most lovable characters of recent years in Amon Viani, and then Tiona Paris, who is a delightful human being, not to mention Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, we don't have them talking about this movie over and over, getting a different clip out every week talking about how amazing it's going to be. I don't think we can just put that aside and put all this on Marvel hype. The fact that we don't have the players in place to promote the Marvel hype. I, to me, it's just Docs. so clear as day as to why this is tracking so low. I'm not saying it would track particularly high if they were there, but man, it would track higher. And I think that that's a big reason. And I agree that the word of mouth is huge. Um, that's why when you give your pick, I want to give you an open door here. You're going to see this thing early tomorrow. Yeah. You're going to make your pick today. After you see it tomorrow, I would love to see what your pick is if it's updated. Because right. like for the first time in a long time, we only have trailers to go off of. And I think that uh, you and the rest of the press are going to be really big into getting that initial push. And also, keep an eye out for weekend number two. If the word of mouth is good, I think legs are going to go really well. I know it has to compete with Hunger Games. Well, yeah, that goes into, like, compete with Hunger Games. Why didn't it scooch up to this weekend when Dune moved? 
why didn't it go back the next year, especially with the 2024 slate being so up in the air? There's a lot of confusing moves happening by Disney and Marvel Studios with the release of this movie because of the strike, right? Because and all all of what that means. Deadpool 3 now, we don't know. There is no early 2024 MCU movie, right? There's no Quantumania waiting in the wings for February. There's mm-hmm. So what does that mean? And why are we now all of a sudden going to push it for November 10th? It was already delayed from July, which I get. They don't want to delay it even more. Does this have to do with a connection to Loki? I doubt it. Um, but it's just they could be and they could eventually end up kicking themselves because of when they ended up releasing it, because November really now kicks off with the Marvels and it is going to be busy. Even even Disney cannibalizing itself for the hundredth time in the last five years. It has the new animated movie coming out later this month. There's things like that. And the Marvels looks kid friendly, right? It looks family friendly. It's just not Echo. Um, it looks like something you would bring your whole family out to see. The Marvels isn't Echo. Biggest takeaway from this podcast. Um, <laughs> it's exciting. So, David, now it's time. The projections are 70. What is your pick for the Marvels domestic opening weekend? Yeah, I've been <laughs> mulling this one. <laughs> I've been mulling it because this is a really difficult thing and it's hard. Like I just pulled up the list of opening weekends just at the domestic box office. Klein just pointed at it. It's going to be at the bottom. And so we and Klein. So like we do like a 10. It's like a 10 million range. Essentially. Five one way or the other. Yeah. So I said like the, the the median. I have to go with 60 million. I have to go with 60 million. Uh, I think it will be in that 50 to 55 to 65 range. That's a sad state of affairs. I just I genuinely feel like the interest is not currently there. People didn't love Captain Marvel, even though it made a billion dollars. And I think Marvel thought there was going to be more holdover and interest from just that movie. Brie Larson, right? This is an example of a crossover film in the new age, in the multiverse saga, right? We have a character from a Disney Plus show, another front, another one from her own Disney Plus show. And it's probably not going to work monetarily, right? It could be good. But monetarily, it's probably not going to work, which is going to go along with, I think, the whole narrative of rethinking their plans, what do we do next? Because it's just this this new age, this new plan, people may not be interested. And at the end of the day, what I love about the box office is there's no arguing. It's objective. It's money. It's fact. People either went and saw it or they didn't. That's what's hard about you see you read about the Loki viewership numbers. I feel like Loki is very popular right now. There's like a lot of people are watching it. Maybe not as popular as the first season, but there is a lot of interest in that show. I don't think there's as much interest in the Marvels. So I'm sticking with 60. Um, 60 is a bummer of a number, but you know, you, you prime that very well and it makes all the sense in the world. I've been optimistic about this movie since day one. I have always had faith in this movie for a variety of reasons. I think Captain Marvel's underrated. Um, something that I found in my research of uh, kind of the trajectory of Marvel projects through phase four. If you look at the average Rotten Tomato score of all of phase three, the average score, if you take out Captain Marvel, is in like the low to mid 80s for every single um, MCU project. It goes up and down Black Panther 91, uh, Quantum, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp 70 something. Captain Marvel in that run, 
33% on Rotten Tomatoes because people are assholes and they just want to review bomb a movie because they don't like women. Um, so that and and that movie still made a billion dollars, reviewed at 33% on Rotten Tomatoes, a billion dollars ahead of Endgame. Obviously, that plays a factor, but yeah, I think that it's shown that it can beat the critics before. I think it can show it again. And my favorite thing about this movie, and I've been saying it for over a year now, it has the pieces, the exact same pieces that Captain America, the Winter Soldier had. Mm -hmm. This is a character that was debuted in a period piece right before an Avengers movie. The sequel now takes place in current time. It features Samuel Jackson's Nick Fury bringing everybody together. It brings in a character that we're familiar with. It brings in a character that maybe we're not familiar with, with Amandiani and Monica Rambeau, respectively. And it uh, brings this captain character to the forefront with a group around her to maybe support um, the character's flaws a little bit. The first Captain America was not a huge success critically or financially compared to the rest of the MCU. The second one was because those pieces were in place. And I think that this follows that same path and it gives me optimism and it gives me hope that it could have the same type of effect narratively plot wise within the movie itself so that makes me you know with a pretty easy over just because i do think that this movie can succeed and like you said word of mouth is huge and i feel like the mcu the the fact that the mcu is being attacked by variety every other day now it's going to make critics want to promote this movie more and and that's not to say they're going to lie and say it's good when it's not but if it's good i think that critics are going to make sure that people know it's good over the next few days uh, through Twitter and through other reviews. Yeah, I hope it's good. And I think one important note, and I want to hear Klein's thoughts here in a second. Situationally, this could not be more of a 180 from Captain Marvel, where it didn't matter the quality of that film. It mattered that it was the first female leading superhero in the MCU, and that it came out a couple of months before Endgame. And everyone was just living and dying by Marvel. They, could, they wanted more, 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 more. The quality didn't matter, like you pointed out. This is the opposite of that, where Quantumania wasn't good. <laughs> People were let down by that film. Secret Invasion, the direct Disney Plus tie-in, one of the worst MCU projects ever. And that's what's leading into this one. The the you know the actor strike. There is no Avengers thing to get hype for. No, yeah, we just this is a it's a bad bad situation. Like Captain Marvel was in like the best situation ever. Just situationally, just pl- plop it right there. It's gonna do great. This is the opposite. Things are trending down. And God, do I hope it's good? Because imagine it's bad, right? Imagine yeah. it's like we walk. I walk out tomorrow and I'm like, oh shit! Like that was that was terrible like that's one of that that kept up secret invasion i'll be so disappointed first off second off i mean that's just a really bad look for marvel movies then then it's like all right let's take a break let's push deadpool 3 let's make sure captain america is right let's make sure thunderbolts is right and when we come back we'll do this thing right and i think that's going to be feige and Iger's and whomever else's idea but God, do I hope it's good. And I hope this thing, I hope it does go under like or over. Sorry. Like you said, I hope it does go over um, based on word of mouth. Yeah. Klein over under 60. I mean, I'm I'm with the two of you in that I hope it goes over. I just I I'm I've been beaten down by this gray, scary world, man. And I 
I have to say under. I just I'm gonna be there. I'm t- my my wife has has not been more excited for a Marvel movie maybe ever than she is to see the Marvel. She loves Captain Marvel. She loves Miss Marvel. She loves Iman Viani. Like she is so excited, and I just like I want this to be good, and I want it to succeed so badly, so we get more of these characters. And I don't want if this doesn't succeed, I don't want Disney to look at it and go, "Okay, the people don't like Captain Marvel. Okay, the people don't like Miss Marvel. We're not going to do that anymore." Because there is a world in which that happens. I, I think it goes under. I think it's going to be slightly under that 60, not by much. I was looking when David was looking at the box office numbers I had in my head. What did Ant-Man make? The first right. one. And I think it was going to be somewhere around there. And it made 57 in its opening weekend. Not great. That's a movie people generally like. And yeah. it was just an unknown character. And not to say Captain Marvel is an unknown character. Just we were in such uncertain times with this whole franchise thing. It's crazy to me that... Uh, the Hunger Games is going to come out and it's probably going to do gangbusters compared to what the Marvels is going to do. It's just it. This movie is between a rock and a hard place with the strikes and with scheduling moves. This was supposed to come out before Quantumania and they shuffled it like they swapped the two of them. It was supposed to be last year. And then things got punted down and moved around and this and that. Like what what world would we be living in right now? How different would it be if Quantumania was about to come out or like if it had come if this if this had come out before Quantumania because I feel like Quantumania for a lot of people was like okay that's it that's the last straw because we had some wins we had Doctor Strange 2 was fine we had uh, Shang-Chi which was fun we had Spider-Man which was amazing right so if we had had ridden some of that momentum into the Marvels I think this would be a different situation I think we'd be looking at Maybe not a massive, crazy, the biggest opening of all time, but it might make $80 million. It might make $90 million in that opening weekend. It just, I don't see a world right now in which it does because everyone is so against this franchise right now. And when I say everyone, I say, I mean, just the general public. People are not, outside of us, outside of the diehards, outside of you listening right now, people are not itching to go and see these things anymore. Yeah, and it's going to reiterate my point as to if it is better than projections are saying, I think I think it's going to be a huge push by critics to make sure that people know about it. And oh, yeah. uh, that's and and you know that that sounds kind of stupid because like of course they they do that with every movie. They're not going to treat it any differently, but I no, do think you. that that's going to be a part of the narrative is that the MCU is not dead. I think it's going to be something we hear if this movie is good. Well, I think that's happening with Hunger Games right now. Hunger right. Games was like, you know, kind of getting shit on a little bit. Rachel Zegler is all of a sudden like in weird timing, bad headlines. Yeah, like weird release. I mean, I, I was hopping on the Internet saying like this, that and the other making jokes. And now these reviews are really passionate almost about it. And mm-hmm. trust me, I'm hopping Good on word. Twitter Tuesday night and being passionate about the Marvels. If it's a kick ass film, if it's mm-hmm. awesome, right? If it yeah. is phase five Winter Soldier, like you've been teeing it up to be. Now, I will also I will. I, I will be less passionate, but <laughs> more sad <laughs> and a little gloomy <laughs> if I don't like it. Um, but I, my hopes are still there. Like a, beyond it all, like whether I am right or wrong or shouldn't have my hopes as high as they are, they're still there because it still looks fun. Like it still looks like a fun movie. And even if it's not the greatest thing ever, I imagine it's still going to be a good time. If it's if it's boring, I'll be shocked. It, this movie does not look boring. It looks fast paced, looks fun. It looks funny. 
and the characters' powers and their dynamics. That's the best. They should have lent mo- leaned more into that in the marketing, I would say. Their their power swapping thing. Because well, that's by far the most interesting element and new, like kind of quote unquote revolutionary thing about the movie. I will say early marketing was all about that. You right. know what I mean? Early marketing was all about that device. And the it's just the most recent marketing has been more about the plot, I think, and less about the no. So the device would be the plot. This would be more about the story with like the different universes and all that stuff. And it's uh it's the gonna be newness of it all. Yeah. The, explo- the exploration in this movie is gonna be really interesting. I'm excited. All right, guys, it's time. Um, do you guys have post-credit predictions ready to go? Do you have any idea where the uh tee up, the cliffhanger for the Marvels could go? Klein? Yeah, of course. Harry Styles. Or David, David, Harry Styles, yeah, yeah. Taylor Swift as Dazzler. Uh, post-credit scene here. I think we're gonna set up uh Miss Marvel season two. Uh I think okay. she'll be back. I think sh- we're going to leave her in um n- not a similar place to season one, because obviously at the end of season one, she's zipping around the universe because of this whole power swapping thing. I think we're gonna leave her in a very similar place to like almost where we left from a character standpoint, Peter Parker at the end of No Way Home. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, now we're going to get her story really started. Like, now, like, let's go and have her be the friendly neighborhood Miss Marvel in a season two of the show. And, and I think that's what we're going to be setting up here because, or maybe it's a Miss Marvel movie. I don't know. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be Miss Marvel centric and they're going to kind of set these characters into di- a few different places so that we kind of have an idea of going, oh, this is where Brie Larson's going to go. This is where Tiana's going to go. And this is where Iman's going to go. Love it. It's not going to be a movie if it makes 60. I'll tell you that much. David, post-credit prediction for the Marvels. I think this one's going to be a continuation of the Shang-Chi post-credit scene. Love and it. there will be something. There will be the Avengers Zoom call, right? Part two. Whatever that means, however that looks, I think it will be attached to the bangle. And because uh, what is uh, the, the villain... She's she's wearing like a, a bangle in, in so, the trailer. So she is wearing the bangle. She seems very obsessed with the bangle. If you remember from Miss Marvel in the flashback, the bangle was found on a blue armed human being, mm. a Kree. So this is a lot about the Kree bringing back in Captain Marvel, um, which is very much about the Kree and the Kree scroll war and the Kree were a big part of Loki and the Kree were a big part of Miss Marvel when it comes to the bangle. So I think there's your tie in with the bangle. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it'll be a continuation of that, maybe even like, you know, the Ten Rings, because they have to cool. they have to push that forward a little bit. And I think that just leads to ultimately the MCU being able to show audiences, hey, we have a quasi Avengers team because that's mm-hmm. been a lot of us right now. Like, who would the Avengers even be? You know, right. and I think they need they need to start building those blocks. And that's what this could be. I mean, we're already getting a, a mini team up here. Just keep adding on. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Um, I My post-credit prediction is definitely more along with Klein's. Um, I do think Miss yeah. Marvel is going to be a part of it, but not just Kat, uh, Miss Marvel and Kamala Khan. You look at the marketing recently. It, it has the, the words on the screen. You won't believe what happens or what comes next. And then the phrase what comes next fades out. But one letter hangs out there just for a little bit. A little bit longer, and it's the X. And then in another teaser that came out recently, looks like Brie Larson is wearing the bangle and shoots off the villain by making an X. And at the end of uh, Miss Marvel, Klein, what was it announced that Miss Marvel is? 
Inhuman. Con- huh? Inhuman. Inhuman. No, 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 no. Uh, it was announced that Miss Marvel is a mutant, and the theme played. And yeah. anyone who knows X Men comics, there's one X Men character that is very heavily tied to Captain Marvel, and that is Rogue. And I do think that there will be some sort of X-Men tie-in at the end of this thing based on the trailers, based on the that X hanging out there is not a fucking accident. There's no way. I'm a graphic designer. I've been a graphic designer my whole life. That doesn't make it through approvals if the X just hangs out for no reason, right? I do think we get some sort of X-Men tie. Rather, it's a continuation of Miss Marvel's mutant gene, which, you know, would probably be the easiest way to do it, right? If I see Rogue... If I see a woman with the white strike in her hair, and if I hear the word word sugar one time, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Guys, if I get that riff again, I got chills thinking about it. I do think (laughs) that there's a long shot chance that we get a mutant call here at the end of this thing. And it would make most sense in a post credit scene, right? You know, because this is a Captain Marvel movie, but the Miss Marvel thing has already set up X-Men. We already have her as a mutant. She is the leading mutant in the MCU right now. Um, uh, besides, you know, Patrick Stewart and Wanda and Namor, she is our face of mutants in the MCU oh. right now. And I do think that a post-credit scene, we might get to hear it one last time. And David, I'm going to ask you to make it our outro song for this episode because I it's will. the best. It's the best theme song in superheroes, and I'm really excited because I. I'm going to lose my shit. And Aaron's going to have no idea why. That's that's the worst <laughs> part of it. I'm going to lose my mind. She's going to be like, what are you talking about? I'm like, let's watch a show from 1994. <laughs> and it's going to be interesting. But yeah, that's my long shot post-credit prediction. Some sort of X-Men connection. Um, David's projection is 60 million. I went over. Klein went under. Klein thinks it's going to be a Miss Marvel post-credit. David thinks it's going to be a Shang-Chi post-credit. I think it's going to be X-Men through the lens of Kamala Khan. Klein. Thank you so much for hopping on with us today. We're very excited to have you as a host for the whole episode. You are the official third chair host for the Direct Podcast, and it's very exciting stuff. Can you tell the people what to expect from you on the internet with the Direct.com coming up well, in the future? Well, I've taken a couple of days off, but I will be back sometime this week, hopefully by the end of tomorrow, if I can get on a plane and get back quick enough. I've uh, got lots of exciting stuff over at the Direct as we lead into Loki finale, as we lead into the Marvels and from a couple like a week ago it's content it's not milk it does not go bad go back read my avatar the frontiers pandora preview i got a chance to play two hours of that game a month before it comes out coming out the first week of december and i we talk about the echo trailer being a surprise this game might be the biggest surprise in gaming of the year so hell yeah go and read that go read my coverage on that got more coming in the next couple of weeks as well you'd love to hear it thank you so much klein david where can the people hear our voices next Oh, boy. Look, we're going to talk about the Marvels. That'll be there. But the Loki finale, (laughs) whatever happened, I can't believe. I mean, this is this really it's I wish there was more hype for it. I'll be honest. Like, I wish there were the actors talking. And I mean, there was I thought about it earlier. It wasn't my turn to speak. So I kind of lost my brain. Hiddleston could have been all over the place right now. Yeah. Doing stuff for Loki, (laughs) doing stuff for the Marvels. He could he would have been at the Marvels red carpet. Absolutely. That would have been amazing. That would have been, been awesome. so cool. Um, it is what it is, but I cannot wait to see because I'm happening. I or, so Matt, really quick. So I'm seeing the Marvels first. Yeah. What's your plan? You're seeing the Marvels first, then Loki yeah. as well. 
So I'm more excited for the Loki finale than I am the Marvels, not because I'm not excited for the Marvels, but just because last week's episode of Loki, I thought was top three MCU TV stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. My WandaVision brain is tingling when I say that out loud. But um, I'm so I'm going to go see the Marvels at 3.30 in the afternoon. Right. So I have time to see it, digest it, think about it, and then watch Loki as opposed to a back-to-back situation. So Friday morning, I'll be coming with all of the... All of the thoughts and theories on both of them. And so will David. And it will be very exciting. And uh, look out for that on Friday. Double review episode. First time in a while. It'll be a long one, but we're very excited. Until then, we'll see you next time.